Hello and welcome to IR Thinker, where international affairs are discussed. I'm Martin Zubko. Today I'm interested in Alexander Vucic, President of Serbia. I would like to know more about his foreign policy attitude, how the international community understands him and his steps in the contemporary international relations. For that reason, our special guest today is Professor Vesko Gasevic. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, I'm glad to be with you today, Martin. Uh, you know, you can call me Vesco from now on. So uh, glad to participate in your series uh, and uh, ready to as much as I can answer the questions. Thank you very much, Vesco. So Vesco is a professor of practice of international relations at Boston University, the Frederick Pardee School of Global Studies. Professor also served as ambassador of Montenegro in Brussels for NATO and in Vienna for Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe and also other international organizations. He was also the ambassador of Montenegro to Austria, Belgium, Luxembourg and the Netherlands. He is regularly invited for talks, he contributes to international newspapers and conferences, for instance the German Marshall Funds, Brussels Forum or Munich Security Conference and others. His research focus is on multilateral diplomacy, European security, how Europe is growing as the European Union, also NATO, Balkans and Saudi's Europe as well. But generally, I think the professor Gasevich is an expert for a diplomatic and security studies and, and practice of international relations, which comes from his career in the past. So let's start with the first question. Um, Alexander Vucic, he is a big figure in international relations because he is 198 centimeters tall, but what about his policies? How the foreign policy of Serbia has developed during Alexander Vucic era? Oh, good question and good description. Um, uh, indeed, uh, uh, I would say, uh, you know, Vucic wants to appear a strong leader, but he's strong uh, internally, uh, which means and externally. Um, um, many things he has done so far or he's doing uh, in international arena um, is made for internal purposes, actually, to reinforce that um, uh, profile he wants to build up uh, over the year. Um, uh, in a more particular terms, I would say that uh, Vucic has inherited something from his pre predecessors. It is a so-called the four-pillar foreign policy of Serbia. Four-pillar foreign policy of Serbia uh, means that Serbia should, um, how to say, base its foreign policy on four pillars. Uh, one of them is uh, the U.S., another one is the European Union, China is the third one, uh, and Russia is the fourth one. That uh, idea was uh, uh, first introduced in 2009 by the uh, former Serbian president, former Serbian president Tadic. Uh, what has happened in the meantime, I would say that Vucic mastered this. Uh, mastered this, uh, uh, figuring out that uh, with the rise of China and its uh, stronger presence in all parts of the world, and not just in all parts of the world globally, uh, that he can actually use um, Russia and China um, to balance uh, the importance and power of U.S. and European Union particularly, and as well as 
to use Russia and China against one another uh, when it is needed, particularly China uh, to actually minimize it uh, when it is needed uh, influence of Russia in, uh, in Serbia. He has been doing that for years now, uh, and it seems to be uh, how he seems to be very successful, I would I have to say, uh, in that. Um, whether it is a successful policy for a long run, that's a question. But as far as his survival as a politician, as a politician, definitely uh, this is uh, appears so far to be a good strategy. And those four pillars, is yeah. there any which is the main, or he is managing all four in sort of like balancing way? It is a good question. I would say that uh, among those four pillars, uh, uh, the weakest pillar, like I said, the pillar that Serbia uh, relies the least. Uh, or would wants to be connected to is the U.S. Uh, I would say that Russia is definitely one of the strongest uh, pillars of these four pillars, uh, and uh, with the with the China growing influence, that pillar is getting strong too. There are several reasons why I'm saying so. If you like a look, uh, and then for example, let's take an uh, let's take uh, energy. Then we're gonna turn to the EU. I would say and discuss it separately. But when speaking about Russia, I would like just to remind why Russia is important. First of all, Serbia is dependent on Russia as an energy supplier. Um, as far as I know, but uh, 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 maybe the percentage uh, wise is, you know, I'm not completely correct, but uh, generally I think we are more or less around that number. The Russian crude oil import accounts around 70% uh, in Serbia. So then Russia, Russian Gazprom NAFT uh, uh, has acquired 51% of stakes uh, in Serbia's Naftna Industria Serbia, which is the biggest, the largest um, uh, oil company, uh, oil producer company in uh, refinery, ha having refinery store um, in, uh, in Serbia. Just uh, two years ago, uh, uh, several months before war broke out in uh, in Ukraine, before the, uh, actually invasion of Ukraine, because war broke out in, uh, in 2014, you know, uh, Serbia uh, has signed um, uh, a deal by which Gazprom Neft uh, is allowed to uh, buy the petrochemical, uh, the biggest petrochemical uh, industry or producer uh, in Serbia. When we put this together, then you see how we land on uh, Serbia, uh, on Russia, Serbia is. Um, China, on the other hand, is a, like a partner uh, which has uh, entered a uh, Serbian market um, uh, recently, unlike Russia, as you know well, which has been around in the region for centuries, um, you know, and is playing very, very important role by providing loans and investments in dying industries, uh, like uh, in a dying steel, uh, big steel uh, factory um, nearby Belgrade, then in the, uh, in, um, uh, in, in also one of the largest mines uh, in in um, in the Balkans and so on and so forth. You know we can go over and over. So which means providing fresh cash. Uh, uh, at least it seems so at the first glance. Uh, and uh, therefore can serve dual use, uh, dual purposes. China. China can be used to explain uh, local population that in fact uh, China generates growth and China in fact makes possible for people to have their uh, jobs, while uh, politically um, it can be used um, by Vucic to actually 
survive uh, and as well as uh, in, which is I would say equally important China can be used sometimes to balance uh, influence of Russia and then I can speak about later on if you want even about growing uh, military cooperation between Serbia and China because Serbia has become over time the only country in Europe uh, uh, with which China militarily cooperates uh, which is one of the steps that um, Vucic has made uh, in the recent past. Uh, when it comes to others, as I mentioned, uh, US, uh, particularly after the bombing of Yugoslavia in 1999, um, in, uh, has a negative image in uh, uh, Serbian public. And that image uh, is, I would say, reinforced by politicians. A very uh, uh, ra rarely you can hear positive comments in uh, Serbian media about, for example, uh, US or America. It has been recognized, it's recognized as a, acknowledged as a, a, a global power, but um, uh, often described as a, uh, how to say, declining global power, while China is often, uh, how to say, described as a growing global power um, by enforcing certain images in public. In fact, uh, Vucic, um, since his party and he himself controls media almost completely in Serbia, actually uh, creates an environment which helps him then navigate among those four. That was a great introduction to Vucic's uh, personality. And we'll go country after country and, and some issues uh, in international relations. So let's start with the, with the hottest one. And and that's the South, Kosovo. So yeah. what can we what can we say about Vucic and his attitude, maybe policies towards Kosovo? And you can also include the security area and also the international diplomacy. Vucic um, uh, won uh, elections uh, and uh, several times the premise that he can uh, safeguard the national interests of Serbia, which means he wants to appear as a strong nationalistic leader. And his background, in fact, is such. He joined as a young politician, he joined uh, ultra-conservative, ultra-nationalistic, uh, xenophobic party, Serbian radical party in 90s, which also was often associated and affiliated with war crimes in Bosnia and Herzegovina and um, and and Croatia. So then he raised to prominence uh, as a member of that party. Then since party was uh, an image of that party was um, um, how to say so rigid, um, uh, even for Serbia, then he decided to split uh, and to form his own party and try somehow to repack, refurbish, uh, renew, call it as you like, um, uh, his his own image and image of the party to become more palpable for people to vote for, but still nationalistic enough to trust him as one who can safeguard Serbian interests better than anybody else. So he then, uh, by on that platform, he won elections. And um, Kosovo is definitely, Kosovo and Bosnia and Herzegovina, but lately Kosovo is the central element of his uh, ideology uh, and uh, can be used, as I just explained before, can be used for his own political survival, but also um, uh, uh, and also can be used to demonstrate how he, without him, uh, this would not 
be uh, that, that nobody else uh, would be able to protect Serbian interests in Kosovo. Uh, just to explain a little bit about uh, the history of the negotiation over Kosovo, because I think it can be useful to understand the context. First of all, uh, he again inherited something uh, from his predecessor. Um, his predecessors um, in the early, uh, uh, in the early, uh, I think it was a 2013 or 2012. If I, I'm, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, um, uh, the EU opened a negotiating process between representatives of Kosovo and representatives of Serbia. And as a result of that process, they signed the Brussels Agreement in 2013. And that Brussels Agreement actually uh, is the foundation, was supposed to be the foundation of the relation between these two, and didn't include recognition by Serbia. Uh, why uh, politicians of Serbia did it at the time? They did it in order to unpack, actually, to open their... Uh, uh, possibility for them to progress towards European Union membership. They thought that by progressing towards European Union membership, this will allow them um, to resolve the uh, uh, Kosovo issue um, um, you know, in a more um, preferable environment. But in the meantime, there have been a couple of outstanding issues there. One of them is uh, the creation of formation of the Association of Serbian Municipalities in the north of Kosovo um, and a couple of others. So Kosovo, this, though they signed that uh, they would allow the creation of, of that uh, association, in the meantime, they found out that, it, that as it was proposed by Brussels Agreement, it contradicts uh, Kosovo's constitution and then it has become, it appears as a legal battle, but in fact it's uh, purely political. Then he then uses that he uses uh, uh, this uh, issue, particularly of the association of uh, uh, Serbian uh, Serbian um, municipalities in the north, because those Serbian municipalities are completely under control of Serbia, not under control of Serbia. They are under his own control. He controls politicians there. People working in those uh, in those municipalities, they are paid by Serbia. The salaries don't come from Kosovo, they come from Serbia, and so on and so forth. Then he also appears to be like a, their, their protector uh, and somebody who is giving them, how to say that, this is the lifeline coming out from Serbia uh, to, to, uh, to Kosovo. So, and then he then sells this to his own people as look at me, what I'm doing with Kosovo. Look at me, how I actually made this possible. And then whenever it is needed, for example, uh, uh, for, for, for his own political goals, then he used them as a leverage to destabilize Kosovo, and just Kosovo, but also to destabilize the region. That brings us to the security issues. This He actually um, copies um, Russia's policies, policies uh, in Caucasus uh, to some extent, uh, which means it keeps this... Uh, this uh, situation frozen, and from time to time it uses to destabilize the region when it, he needs that, or when he thinks that it is very important. I will give you an example from like a recent past, most recent past. Um, these days, uh, every every weekend, uh, um, people who oppose Vucic, uh, uh, they organize for now five weekends or six weekends already, or five Fridays, six Fridays already, 
huge demonstrations, rallies against him. At one point, it was uh, there was uh, there were around one hundred thousand people in Galway. And every week, every Friday or Saturday, um, you know. There are like a, between 50,000, 60,000 people uh, protesting in Belgrade. And also now protests uh, are about to, sp uh, to spread uh, because last weekend uh, there were protests in some other cities in, uh, in Serbia against him. So then in that very moment when protests actually became uh, a challenge for, his, uh, for him, political challenge for him in Serbia, at that very moment, yeah, I was uh situation uh in Kosovo escalated. Uh and then uh, he appeared as the one who uh, actually protects Serbian interests and Serbian media uh then blame um, uh those people or uh, protesters as one who wants to destabilize Serbia, who wants to actually to help Kosovo, uh Kosovo uh, a government and so on and so forth. This is one element. Let's say the first element is the uh, agreement. The second element is um, how to say uh, his um, uh, intent, successful or not, to manipulate, instrumentalize this issue for his own political goals. And finally, that brings me to European Union uh, and the West. They are the, they think that uh, since he con is in control of media, and then they also see him as a opportunistic leader, uh, they believe that uh, at, at one point uh, he will be able, this is my interpretation, I'm not saying that this is, you know, this is somehow I see things. They believe that he will be able to, uh, you know, deliver something uh, uh, in Kosovo because history proves that uh, you need to have a strong leader, often nationalistic leader or conservative leader, to deliver something which, uh, like a more liberal democratic leaders, let's say so, are not able to deliver because they will be confronted with the, how to say, protests of conservatives uh, in their countries. Let's take an example from history. It was Nixon who traveled to China. It was Nixon who was able to open door for uh, uh, rapprochement between uh, U.S. and China. It was not possible for Johnson to travel as a democratic leader. It was not possible for Kennedy to do that. You were waiting for somebody who is like a strong leader, who is conservative, to do so. It was Reagan who negotiated with with Gorbachev, uh, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. So, the, but I think my uh, my my perception that. Um, they play on the wrong card. I think the European Union plays on the wrong card. And in fact, we, this, we may discuss in more detail if I didn't touch upon the European Union. Vucic instrumentalizes European Union. I think uh, they use him when he needs them and they then they put them on hold when he doesn't need them. Right. Yeah, I think, I think it is also comes from what you said about his history, that he has that sort of nationalist mind. How can you lead a constructive dialogue if already you have the nationalist mind, right? And, and in, in case of Kosovo, I think you need a strong leader, but you need a strong leader who is able to lead a constructive dialogue. What's your thought? Well, I fully agree with you, Mark. For you, you need a, for, for, for somebody to, uh, let's say, resolve this outstanding issue called Kosovo in this case. You need a strong leader, but with a, with a vision. Um, 
You have Vucic is a strong leader and nationalistic leader. He is an authoritarian leader. He's not strong leader. He's an authoritarian leader. He is a dictator. And he uh, he has no vision. His vision is just to stay in power. This is his vision as long as possible. Uh, he has no vision how to, um, let's say, create um, uh, Western Balkans uh, safer or to make uh, the Balkans better place for us, for all of us, or more prosperous. He has a vision how to stay in power and how to advance Serbian interests in the Balkans. In that case, he doesn't, his agenda is not, he doesn't differ than agenda of Slobodan Milosevic. The only strategy, tactic, is different than Milosevic's tactic because he realized that the war is not um, worth uh, uh, going for. Therefore, if you can do something else to destabilize other countries uh, and to achieve something similar as Milosevic wanted, let's go for it. And uh, um, Serbian world, which they introduced a couple of years ago, uh, it is not just plain copy of Russian world, but you know that Russian was also used uh, in among others for the invasion of Ukraine. So they would try to copy Russian world and to implement this in the Balkans and call it a Serbian world. And it implies that wherever Serbia Serbs live in Bosnia and Montenegro, in 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 Kosovo, in Macedonia, in North Macedonia, Serbia has the right to intervene. Uh, in order to protect their interests, something similar uh, like Russia does. Uh, and Kosovo, in that case, plays a very important role. Uh, I think that it is what the European Union, I don't, I'm not saying that they don't understand. I'm, I, I know that they understand, particularly Americans and so on. They understand who the guy uh, is they want to deal with. But in fact, I think that, you know, their current approach, current uh, the current approach, both the European Union and uh, and the U.S. Given situation in Europe uh, and um, uh, security problems uh, uh, in Eastern Europe, in Ukraine particularly, and the need to uh, reconsider um, relation with Russia in the years to come, once the war in Ukraine is over. So, in in given circumstances, I would say their approach. Uh, is more how to keep the region under control uh, and not to let region spirals out uh, of control, rather to uh, find lasting solution for which you need time, energy, and different type of uh, leaders to deal with. So for the first approach, for a short-term solution, Vucic uh, plays a role. Because through him, I would say, they they think they can control Serbs in Bosnia and Herzegovina, they can control Serbs in Kosovo, they control they can control Serbs in Montenegro and so on and so forth. Ah, this was the wrong strategy when uh, you know uh, of, of the West uh, in the years following uh, Dayton Agreement when the war in Bosnia and Herzegovina was ended. Then during those years, they also considered Slobodan Milosevic, who actually played an instrumental role in Dayton, convincing Serbs from Bosnia and Herzegovina to accept the deal. So following Dayton, the Dayton agreement, uh, at the time, a government, Clinton's uh, administration considered uh, Milosevic a um, factor of stability in the region. And then what happened? The war broke out in Kosovo in 1999. Factor of stability actually created new war in the Balkans. I would say 
uh, I'm afraid, I'm concerned that something similar, not war, but uh, some uh, uh, in continuous instability, we are going to uh, um, we are going to witness or experience or deal with in the years to come as right. a result of that of that approach. One of the questions that my students in Scotland ask um, during the semester was, what does the greater Serbia concept mean? Because they were reading about Aleksandr Vucic and in, in many articles it was greater Serbia is something that he follows in his mind. Can you please clarify a few sentences for our students? The Greater Serbia and Vucic, what's the connection? Uh, greater Serbia comes from, uh, you know, it's historically uh, rooted in, uh, in the concept of, uh, how to say, Serbian nationalism from the 19th century when Serbian state was created. Um, I don't want now to dig into past and then explain all the details because then it's going to be like a long. But uh, uh, he, his pa party he belonged to, the party that I mentioned in the beginning, at the beginning of our interview, uh, Serbian Radical Party. That party actually embraced, argued uh, uh, in political and ideological terms uh, to Serbia. And they, uh, their goal... Uh, still remains, the party is now completely marginalized, uh, still remains that Serbian, uh, bound, uh, bound, greater Serbia includes Bosnia Herzegovina, Montenegro, uh, most of uh, North Macedonia, Kosovo, uh, and part of Croatia. I would say that, uh, as I meant, as I said before, by creating a, a Serbian, uh, uh, you know, progressive party, uh, progressive, look at this, uh, Serbian progressive party, uh, Vucic actually, didn't completely um, relinquish uh, the idea of Greater Serbia, but he's uh, much smarter, I would say, and more, uh, how to say, I cannot use uh, other terms, but let's call it um, um, much smarter and more dangerous, uh, if not poisonous, uh, uh, than uh, his leader, uh, of the leader of uh, Serbian Republic, uh, uh, Radical Party, because he understood that he now he needs to rebrand, repack, this is the very idea, to make it more, how to say, uh, uh, more acceptable for people. Uh, and then the concept of Serb uh, Russian world really fits in him well. Uh, Serbian world maybe, is, uh, Serbian world is not, uh, how to say, is not as large in terms of territory as uh, the, the original idea of Greater Serbia was or is, but it's still um, the same idea just in new packing, uh, which means it, it idea is made to actually keep Serbs living in the Balkans close to Serbia and through Serbs uh, actually using them, instrumentalize them, instrumentalizing them uh, uh, for political purposes uh, to control countries in the region, not necessarily, you don't know what to say, sometimes you don't need to expand and you know to have like a, your territory being your proper, fully, legally speaking. Your goal is in fact to make an influence and to keep that influence, uh, uh, to keep make an influence and to keep that influence in, in those countries. It is what he uh, has been trying to do. Often he summons uh, Serbian leaders from the region to Belgrade and then appears as one who leads all the Serbs 
And then the media exploits that um, to show, again, what I mentioned at the beginning of our discussion, to present him as a genuine leader, one who can safeguard the interests of Serbs, one who is nationalistic, one who is strong, and so on and so forth. That's what I can confirm from my practice when I was speaking about Alexander Vucic role, you know, I asked students like, who is Alexander Vucic? And most of them, they told me that he's like nationalist, a politician with close ties to Russia and all those things. But I started my talk with the, with the English phrase that he's notoriously sophisticated, <laughs> which means that he, he knows exactly how to change the codes. When something is nationalist, he can say, oh, it's patriotic, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I wouldn't under, underestimate the Vucci. That's my experience based on personal, personal teaching, you know, so. Completely agree with you, Martin. It is easy to blame people you don't like or people who follow uh, some, how to say, nationalistic or extreme right policies uh, as being, I don't know. I, let's say often people uh, refer to them as being stupid or whatever. Mm, it is not yeah. the way how you can describe those people. I often use the term, which maybe I invented, poisonous minds, which means they are they are very how to say mindful. Actually, they are they are very how to say in terms of they are uh, they are very intelligent. They are smart. They know who to, how to manipulate. I would say they know they know how to manipulate, and uh, and then but uh, um, they are not people with vision. In fact. There are people who knows uh, who have learned people who have learned how to manipulate with people, how to manipulate with masses, how to use media to do so, how to create an environment which is conducive for your policy, and how actually to uh, make uh, uh, opposition almost impossible to uh, freely um, channel or articulate their political interests, which is the case in Serbia, and for right. that you be smart you cannot be like a you you are not stupid to do so you have to have to be smart on top of it many believe i'm not a doctor if i cannot either prove or disapprove that many believe that in fact uh Vucic is unlike milosevic who was also one of those leaders let's say with poisonous mind or whatever uh, uh but who was uh you know somehow i said i just say um Many believe that Bucic is, in fact, uh, uh, have some mental problems. Though. I see. Um, it's sometimes difficult to communicate with those people who are who are in his closest circle. Uh, that he often, um, uh, and I don't know, has, have uh, he often has a strange behavior. If I don't want to speak about it, I just want to share this with you because people say so. I'm not a person who can confirm that. I'm not in his closest circle. I'm not a doctor that I can like evaluate. As uh, we say, if, 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 as we say, if there is smoke, there is usually fire. That makes it more difficult dealing with him. Hmm. Right. You you mentioned European Union and and your your view of the European Union in this uh, this Vucic question. So how could we understand the? relationship between the Serbia and European Union, if on one hand there is a Kosovo question where European Union has a very strong stance and clear attitude, and then on, on the other hand, Serbia and European Union are sort of conducting negotiations, which are going in very, let's say, interesting way. You know, sometimes they're going, sometimes they are not going anywhere. So how would you describe this topic? 
I would say this is uh, something that can be described uh, uh, as um, a marriage of convenience and not uh, something that uh, both sides love. In fact, I, I, I to some extent, I touch upon uh, uh, why uh, Serbia is important for uh, European Union. It is important as the largest country in the region, definitely. The country with the greatest potential compared with other countries from the region, including some countries that joined the European Union. I don't want to mention any of them, but you know. So Serbia has really has a great potential, but somehow that potential remains untapped because of, uh, I don't know, leaders who are, uh, at the end of the day, leaders are voted by people. So Serbia... Serbia, uh, uh, in in the eyes of um, uh, of uh, uh, European Union, is an important uh, uh, country in that sec- in that part of Europe, and would like and European Union and and the US included, they want to somehow keep Serbia close to them. Uh, they want they don't want Serbia com- uh, to completely turn to um, to Russia or to um, to to China. And on top of it, um, uh, um, uh, is a Kosovo issue where they need Serbia. Um, uh, to to negotiate with Kosovo and hopefully to find a, a modus vivendi the way how they both of them can operate and unblock their their part of the European Union. Uh, the new Franco-German plan for Kosovo um, implies solutions similar to uh, German to Germany solution, which means uh, that existed during uh, bipolar world. Uh, and then the Federative Republic of Germany didn't recognize uh, Democratic Republic of Germany formally, but allowed it to become a UN member. And they also had diplomatic relations, not on the highest level, so on and so forth. Uh, for Serbia, on the other hand, um, uh, the dialogue with Kosovo and uh, uh, the, that the, the need, uh, uh, which then recognized uh, the need to be included in that, which means that uh, European Union needs Serbia in that. Actually, uh, for for um, um, Vucic means a lot. Um, uh, in fact, Serbia doesn't progress towards the European Union uh, track record, and it comes to democratic reforms is very, very, how to say, discouraging. But they don't care about that. They, in fact, don't care about uh, when and how they will, if they will join European Union, if ever. But what they care about is how to use uh, Kosovo dialogue as a leverage to keep the European Union involved and somehow to uh, to squeeze out some concessions from Brussels uh, when it comes to it. If you want us to be in that, just to make it simple, if you want us to be involved in this, if, if you really need us for this to happen, if you really need us for this to work, then we need this, then we need that, then we need this, then we need that, and then... When we others from the region, we, which means uh, countries from the region, see how European Union and the U.S. deal with Serbia and how often uh, they grant Serbia privileged status, uh, then uh, it is not a good message to all of us in the region. And uh, uh, this is not a good message for um, uh, European Union credibility and credibility of uh, enlargement process as such uh then people don't believe in that anymore because they say if serbia can do that why i cannot do that if serbia doesn't need to deliver why i need to deliver and so on and so forth um so therefore he in fact uses this it's not it's i would say it's again less about uh joining european union more about 
keeping European Union busy uh, with us or with the region, as well as uh, keeping myself involved in that as one who is necessary for that to work. How would you comment the sort of sophisticated idea that in case Kosovo chip is going to fail, there is BRICS? And Vucic might say, oh, you don't want us in EU, let's join BRICS. Because yeah. I think some people, some professors are already flirting with this idea. How would EU react to this in case Vucic is going to tell them? This is a, this is a good question indeed. And maybe it has more to do with China uh, rather than BRICS. But, uh, uh, you know, it, Vucic needs alternatives. And alternatives are like uh, uh, just 20 years ago, are around. This is, I think, what the West doesn't understand very well, that we are living now in something, okay, this is a phrase and often used, but let's say we are living in something which um, uh, is either a multipolar world already or uh, is a world in trajectory towards multipolar world, since we don't know how many of these poor pillars of that future uh, multipolar world will be just two, just three, four, five, bricks, whoever. But nevertheless, uh, that means alternatives alternatives exist. I know people from the West and in DC, since I uh, have uh, spent years uh, discussing this with them, they're going to tell you, oh, but these are not real alternatives. Uh, those alternatives doesn't last long. Those can be just short-term alternatives. But this is how Brussels think. Uh, thinks this is how uh, Washington thinks, but uh, uh, countries from the region, particularly Vucic, they don't think those way uh, that way, they think different for them. Three years, four years, five years is enough. Uh, it is just to keep myself running. Uh, I, you know, if I run, which means if I'm in power, this is enough from one electoral sequence to another election, from election from two elections. So, China appear has appeared to be has appeared a, a really an alternative a viable alternative to European Union and then you can which one you can use effectively um, uh, as I mentioned in at the beginning of the whole discussion to leverage European Union uh, influence uh, BRICS I would say uh, again he mentioned this just a couple of days ago he mentioned BRICS uh, uh, you know Vucic uh, uh, and um, he stressed the great potential of BRICS. Indeed, there are some potentials there. Um, um, there are countries wishing to join uh, uh, BRICS also. I will just release them. Uh, there's Iran, Indonesia, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Egypt. So this speaks about the profile of those countries. And I would say Serbia with Vucic fits that profile very well. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, we can speak about an, uh, an authoritarian club. Uh, of countries which uh, are um, uh, which brought them what brought them together is the fact that they are authoritarians and they would like to this uh, their rule to uh, be preserved somehow to to be safeguarded. Uh, I would I don't believe uh, honestly that he will really join. He may actually try, or he may uh, in fact uh, even uh, formally apply for membership. Uh, but uh, BRICS in some, by itself is a very loose organization. Uh, and um, uh, this is more for, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, for short-term political uh, purposes. Let's jump to security issues, because we know Balkan and, and 
all the countries in the Balkan, security is, is always among the top priorities. So what would be the latest update about Serbia and some potential security partners for Serbia? Uh, Serbia uh, in the last several years, but that definitely uh, uh, very well illustrates what we have uh, uh, discussed so far and this uh, uh, image that Vucic uh, wants to make uh, on uh, on its own waters, but also on its own uh, its on Serbia's neighbors, which means a strong powerful, militarily powerful, not just economically powerful, militarily powerful Serbia. Serbia uh, has spent regularly, I think for years now, uh, spending more on military budget than any other um, uh, than any other country in the region, including NATO members, uh, yeah, you know, like Montenegro, Croatia, and so on and so forth. I think it spends more than 2.3% of their GDP uh, uh, on average, for uh for defense uh and uh, many know about serbia's uh, relations with uh, russia and how serbia actually um bought uh, has bought russian weapons actually we have uh, has become a client of russia when it comes to uh, uh you know arms arms import from russia including uh, uh air uh, you know uh, uh, jets uh, uh migs then um, different type of, uh, uh, you know, weapons and arms. But um, uh, as of recently, interesting enough, and um, uh, uh, this is maybe less known, particularly among students, um, Serbia turned to uh, China. Uh, and uh, uh, it is what I mentioned uh, before, that Serbia is the first and only operator in the EU, in, in Europe, of Chinese drones and uh, Chinese missile systems. So, uh, you know, uh, I think... Uh, Last year, in uh, in April and May last year, which means in the moment when uh, the invasion of Ukraine began, uh, uh, Serbia has received, um, you know, uh, Chinese-produced uh, surface-to-air missiles uh, and a, a number of Chinese drones. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, this actually, uh, how to say, represents to a certain extent uh, uh, a geopolitical shift by Serbia, turning not just to, how to say, uh, Russia, but actually turning to to, um, to uh, China. Again, to illustrate um, uh, the balancing policy that Serbia uh, has been playing in other fields, they are doing, they try to do the same um, uh, with uh, in military terms or in security terms. They also um, uh, have bought, um, uh, I think, some weapons, including uh, um, uh, jets from France. And they also participate in, uh, from time to time, in, um, uh, you know, military drills, drills organized by NATO. But uh, they regularly participate, they regularly participate until like uh, recently, until last year when Volvo, uh, uh, the war in Ukraine, the second war in Ukraine, uh, um, you know, they participated in uh, uh, military drills uh, uh, called uh, 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 Slavic Brotherhood, I'm now translating from Russian to, to English, Slavic Brotherhood, uh, 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 this is, um, um, uh, you know, made of three countries, Russia, Serbia, and Belarus, which means every year they participated um, uh, so far, I think six or seven times uh, in that uh, in that uh, uh, 
in those drills, in, they signed let's say some type of they call it military pact with the Russia uh, back in time, uh, which includes also exchange of uh, uh, intelligence information between Serbia and Russia, and so on and so forth. Uh, from again, let's now see this from the Western side. A again, the same situation. Given the fact that Serbia from time to time participates in NATO-led operation, but always uh, along with other non-NATO members, never NATO and Serbia only. It can be NATO, Serbia, and several other uh, non-NATO members. They participate in that. Then they somehow still think that by doing so, Serbia, they can keep Serbia, Serbia away from China and Russia. They, in, you see the same matrix uh, everywhere. Uh, and that matrix appears when Serbia cooperates with you, uh, with, with the U.S., in economy, in politics, and when it, when it comes to security, it is more or less the same. But uh, uh, no doubt uh, that uh, Serbia's military and security ties are strongest with Russia. Uh, the, the Serbia has the strongest military and security ties with Russia. It's building up its um, uh, military cooperation with China and keeps certain level of cooperation with NATO. I would describe this like that. There is a U.S. military base in Kosovo. Yeah. But, you know, Serbia is quite big. How would China think about having a little port, maybe little military base in Serbia? Is this even possible as, a, as an idea or it will stay only as a trade, military trade? I don't think that China at this very moment thinks uh, that way and it would be too much for China to, how to say it, uh, to have its own um, uh, uh, like a military presence uh, in a way how you described in Serbia. Russia has. Uh, Russia and Serbia signed a deal and Russia established something which is called humanitarian center. And that humanitarian center is based in Niš city in Serbia, not far from Kosovo. And many believe this uh, uh, humanitarian center is just a cover for like a false flag operation, almost like that, for Russia to establish a spying center in, in, in Serbia. China plays differently, I would say, and they, they are very sensitive about that. They would not do this before making double check, which means they have to be safe, completely safe, not in terms of safety for their personality, in terms that they understand that will, this will not cause any damage for China. Be frank. Uh, Chinese economic and political interests are not in Serbia when it comes to Europe. Uh, it is in Western Europe. Therefore, they would not do anything uh, that puts at stake their like, uh, economic and political interests, for example, with Germany or France or other countries, by establishing a small outpost, military outpost, whatever, in, in Serbia. Though I cannot... Uh, things may change in the future. Uh, the, the future may bring anything uh, to us, and as far as Serbia is concerned, I would say they would, uh, with, the, with the with Vucic at least, Serbia with Vucic would welcome that that move. I'm sure. Uh, when it comes to cooperation between Serb uh, Russia and China in the region, you would be surprised or not surprised, but there is there are little signs of their cooperation in the region. I would say uh, what they have in common is uh, the the same rival. Let's call it like that the same rival competitor, it is the West. Uh, 
And often that resembles, at least in my view, when two companies share the market, but share the market in order to, uh, how to say, um, um, to generate uh, to generate profit for them, the, uh, you know, uh, to generate profit, but at the same time to exclude the third partner from that uh, from that profit for, from that. And I see some call that game like this, which means uh, Russia has been in the region for centuries, therefore, they, and has a different type of attachment to the region, and people have uh, that type of attachment to Russia, particularly Orthodox Christians. They see Russia as their uh, natural protector. They love Russia. They love Putin. They, and it's a most sometimes more popular than uh, leaders of their own countries and so on and so forth. Therefore, Russia doesn't need to invest so much in public diplomacy in there. China is a different uh, situation. China is a new actor, new kid on the block, and must invest um, invest in terms of just real investment, but also invest in um, uh, diploma, uh, diplomacy, in public diplomacy to build up its uh, its image. Uh, and it, they do this in parallel. They don't. They don't compete. They don't cooperate, and they have the same contentment. Right. So we mentioned the European Union. We mentioned Russia and China as well as as countries where Vucic is doing some balancing policies. But is there anyone else who might be considered as a friend of Vucic? Maybe some country or organization. Sometimes it can be like a one-term friend which means uh, or term, a friend for some some period of time because uh, as i mentioned before he's an opportunistic leader uh and when he sees opportunity he's gonna seize that opportunity so which means turkey is a very interesting interesting uh, country turkey has its own agenda in the region it cannot be compared with china and with russia but to a certain extent placed on a, a similar game uh, and a similar similar game as Russia. But first of all, there is, as you know, well, history of uh, interface between the Balkans and Turkey. The Ottoman Empire was ruling uh, the Balkans for 500 uh, years. So uh, uh, a considerable, uh, uh, considerable uh, number of Muslims living um, uh, in the region, and they most mainly look at Turkey as an inspiration. So through them, similarly, with, with similarly to Russia, Turkey tries to use history, culture, and religion uh, to penetrate the, the region and to um, establish itself as a protector of those people, as well as to advance its economic, political, security interests. From that perspective, and also the way how uh, how to say how system operates with the strong leaders which love one another, Vucic and Erdogan, they can find many things in common, how they see politics, how they implement policies, uh, and how they see the role of a leader uh, in, the, uh, in, in, in the country. They can find many things in common and they cooperate. And economically speaking, Serbia and Turkey, uh, for, for Turkey, Serbia is the most important country in the region. For cultural, historical, and other, uh, uh, other uh, from, uh, from cultural, historical, and other uh, perspective, uh, then uh, definitely Bosnia-Herzegovina uh, and uh, is more important for Turkey than, uh, than uh, Serbia. And while they have many things in common, they also have several points of, uh, of contention. But you see now, since we mentioned uh, 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 Kosovo, I just want to uh, uh, illustrate, and now speaking about uh, Turkey, how Turkey sees itself. It, you know, 
it sees the opportunity uh, uh, of what uh, was going on in Kosovo and decision, NATO decision to increase K4, which means to increase its number of its troops uh, deployed in Kosovo to uh, provide peace and security for people, citizens of Kosovo. Uh, NATO has decided to increase uh, uh, its presence by 700 troops. Most of these troops will come from Turkey, which means Turkey is going to be now with Austria uh, the largest uh, troop contributor to uh, K4 in Kosovo. This is how Turkey plays a role. Uh, Coming back to Vucic, he can turn uh, just recently, I think two days ago, uh, president of Cuba was uh, in in uh, in Serbia. Uh, this is also somebody who they like. Uh, I would say then they have friendly relations with Venezuela. Uh, they have uh, uh, friendly relations with other countries uh, and so in Af- some countries in Africa. This is where Serbia also wants to establish itself also. There is a certain criticism uh, coming from the human rights, from Kosovo questions, from certain sort of like crime, you know, allegations against Vucic, but still he is in power. How is this possible? Because some students were like, why there is no a strong opposition or maybe some investigating journalists like in the West? Uh, There's a good question, but it also speaks up that um, uh, people who never lived in an authoritarian regime cannot understand, they can read books about it, but they they cannot understand here in their guts how those regimes operate. I regrettably uh, spent many years of my time, of my life, living in in an authoritarian, some in different forms of authoritarianism. Uh, I was born, grew up in socialist country, which sometimes compared with the Threat Serbia and uh, even Milosevic Serbia or Yugoslavia was better uh, than that. Just to let you know that with the end of communism, socialism, uh, end of socialism doesn't necessarily mean the beginning of democracy. So, That's correct. Uh, uh, so therefore, um, if you have the control over media, uh, fact his party, uh, which is the, which is called. Partiocracy or stablocracy. When you have your party, which is so strong uh, that, in fact, it's in control of your state, then party and state they merge. It is what's happening in Serbia uh, nowadays. There are some opposition opposition uh, uh, MPs sitting in the parliament of Serbia. Just three years ago, there was none, none, yes, uh, in Serbia, and that was party, and that was country uh, with which. How to say, but the European Union and the US cooperated because of what I mentioned, Kosovo and other issues. So uh, he controls media. And then if you imagine state develop as a corporative system, which means very much as a fascist corporative system, uh, but without completely fascist ideology, without fascist ideology, more like a nationalistic, let's say, right-wing ideology, which cannot be described Fascist, but in some aspects, the way how the, uh, the state is organized uh, resembles corporation, uh, with party uh, being incorporated into state and state incorporated with party. They were merged. Then media is completely under their control. People living in countryside, they are they. There are some opposition media, but. Uh, to be exposed to the uh, like uh, narratives, you have to live in Belgrade, in capital, in a couple of big cities. Uh, 
uh, and you have to pay extra uh, to be able to watch them, so for, which means people who uh, live in countryside, people who um, don't earn enough, uh, people who are lower educated, people who are infected by nationalism, uh, all those people, they vote for him. Uh, and then uh, um, this is his electorate. And uh, don't underestimate his power. Power is very strong because there are people wishing. It is not just that he is actually stealing uh, elections. Uh, he can steal some, uh, um, some I don't know, some number of, uh, some numbers or whatever. But there, he has really strong, coherent uh, electorate feeling vote for him because they see him as like a. Um, leader uh, as a father basically as a father father of the country the father, the leader, the father and the father who can even punish and they will accept that because father is righteous therefore if father punishes somebody there must be the reason why the father punished that that, that group of people because father is always right this is how it is Yeah. based on what we said already and you as a ambassador and professor, can we assess any weak points of Alexander Vucic? The weak point is his strongest point, which means it always happens with the uh, authoritarian leaders, with dictators, which means uh, you you can, you at one point you become detached from reality. You are surrounded by people who always nod and you always confirm what you say, who who tell you that you are a genius, that you can never make mistake. There is no such a person on this planet. Look at Putin, you know. And so therefore, therefore, you know, uh, there was a case with Slobodan Milosevic. But in that case, what may happen is, um, uh, uh, I would say, I cannot call it revolution, but uh, let's say uh, the change uh, in the situation uh, like Serbia now, uh, happens often outside of uh, the system uh, because people cannot articulate their interests through the system. They have no genuine representatives of their interests in the parliament. They cannot articulate their interests through media. There is only one uh, place left, streets. So, uh, and then uh, it is why they are now trying to do so. Uh, and they also try to use any, um, how to say, uh, opportunity the opportunity uh, uh, now, citizens who are not satisfied with this, uh, with Vucic, use is mass killing, mass shooting that happened several weeks ago, uh, where uh, in one, uh, it's a very prominent noble school in the in the in the downtown Belgrade, uh, a, 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 a pupil student killed uh, uh, several students, actually dozen of them. And then that was followed by another shooting the next day. So uh, uh, with uh, again a uh, dozen of people being killed. So uh, so they use this because they know that uh, you hardly can challenge their right to protest because of it. For example, it's uh, difficult to find counter argumentation from Bucci's point of sight against that protest. The same time, they rightly describe the situation. Uh, uh, the environment created by Vucic and his party as being one conducive to this killing, shooting to happen. Because if you create that environment, 
which in, to some extent, to great extent, not to some extent, uh, supports violence, nationalism, authoritarianism, uh, and, and those type of things, then shooting is logical step forward. If one day me, in one day, I don't know, somebody else, the next day will be me. Uh, one police comes to, to take somebody in jail one day, is a, once you see people coming and taking people, police coming and taking people to jail, just a question of days or weeks or months or years, but that you will be the one uh, taking that. So this is how they try to articulate their interests. But um, let's see what's going to happen. For the first time, he is genuinely challenged from within. What is my concern here is the following. U.S. and the European Union so far, uh, did, they've not publicly supported uh, uh, those uh, protests. You, If you like a do research, Google, uh, try to find out a public statement of U.S. ambassador in uh, Belgrade or public statements of any of uh, U official, uh, uh, you know, in any other up case, when you have democratic forces or the people inspired by democracy trying to, uh, um, say, trying to topple um, authoritarian leader, uh, you would see Americans and Europeans supporting that. Why not this time? Why not this time? That brings us to the beginning of our story uh, the, uh, today. Uh, and when they see him as an opportunistic leader uh, uh, who may be able to deliver something which is for them important, and with a new guy coming uh, to power, they can uh, they won't be able to do that. This Absolutely. is just my interpretation, and maybe simplified, but my own interpretation of uh, why I'm not supportive to uh, Vucic. The last question for today's interview is it might be a little bit personal, but, but let's try it. When you are an ambassador, you are representing the country and you should follow the you know instructions from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and you're representing you know the whole policy, whatever you think about it, because you are the, you are the ambassador. So how would Serbian ambassadors worldwide feel and how they work if Alexander Vucic is in power. What can we find about this sort of like personal feeling, you know, because I don't agree or I don't see that all of them align with Alexander Vucic. Uh, I will tell you that the question is very complex and it's not just uh, about Serbian ambassador, just imagine what it means being now a uh, diplomat of Russia, what it means being diplomat of any country. Correct. So uh, this is what we uh, discuss in my, uh, in my, during my classes uh, in classroom with my students. Most of them wishing or dreaming of becoming diplomats, working for their own countries. And I always try to push them back and ask them whether you are ready to do this and this and this, given that you actually personally support that, that and that. Uh, um, I would say this is also, this was my issue often. Uh, I have been confronted with that issue and it has to do with uh, your personal dignity and integrity. Uh, and then to what extent you can see yourself uh, representing country or um, uh, which uh, our policies, not countries, sorry, policies uh, which you strongly disagree with, uh, where is the moment when you have to step down? I think this is the question uh, which uh, if, uh, 
who uh, question which uh, most of them should pose to themselves and find an answer. Uh, many of uh, diplomats who I know, my former friends, uh, uh, and not just former, current friends, um, um, many of them uh, maybe don't, they don't agree completely with uh, the with the with the uh, policy. I would say uh, what then buy them buy them to uh, um, uh, to work for. for just besides uh, some financial reasons, let's say, uh, uh, it is the fact that, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, since the nineteen, since actually in the nineties, and particularly since nineteen ninety nine, many many Serbs, including intellectuals, uh, including diplomats, they look differently at West. They uh, are not ready to look with open eyes what uh, actually preceded. Uh, and caused a NATO intervention in 1999, and not ready to uh, publicly uh, or with themselves while questioning the past uh, to uh, um, to um, condemn policies, Serbian policies or Serbian policy which caused the end of uh, uh, which caused, let's say, the end of the uh, Yugoslavia to a great extent. Not only Serbia had to be clear here. Uh, and also uh, provoked um, war crimes um, in 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 or, or behind war crimes in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So they have an issue with the West, more many of them, and this is how uh, he exploits uh, that sentiment. So uh, if you already have some issue uh, uh, with the West and let's call it unsettled uh, uh, things with the West, then this is easy easy to exploit. Many of them disagree, but still uh, are in the service. I know also some of them who disagreed and decided to uh, leave the service. Uh, and I highly respect uh, those people and their decision to do so. It is not easy. It is not easy to be criticized. It's not easy to be in situation that, um, you know, how to say, people think certain way about your government, about your prime minister, uh, and you in the fact, in you as one who is representing that government. If you're like a junior diplomat, then it's much easier, but if you're a senior diplomat, then it's getting more difficult. Uh, Said Vesko Garsevich, the professor of international relations, Boston University, the Frederick Park School of Global Studies. Thank you very much, Vesko, for joining us today. It was very inspirational to debate those sensitive and complicated issues that uh, you are expert uh, in. And I'm, I'm very thankful for your time. And I'm sure that our students, audience, they will enjoy this episode. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, thank you, Martin, for calling, uh, for giving me a chance to be with you and with your students and with all of those who are going to watch this uh, video. So um, stay in touch. All the best. Thank you. See you next time. Bye bye. See you. See you.